0: So what's wrong with you? They told me no. Good. What? Hey, this is Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Join me on the flip as we got something really good today, y'all. Let's get into how to get a PhD in no. I'll see you on the flip. No. Boy, I tell you, me and that word, <laughs> me and that word, we have a tumultuous relationship. And it has taken me most of my life to negotiate a, um, a truce with it. I can't even say to negotiate a truce. I can say that right now, our relationship status is harmonious. We're actually good. It was complicated for a while. But now we've moved into a good relationship because we have respect for one another. <laughs> now, all kidding aside, let me just get into this. And I, what I want to do today is I want to talk to you about how to start educating yourself in the artistry of no. And how I want to break it down is, is the first part, I want to talk about what it feels like and what, what are some wisdoms that we can use when we are on the receiving end of a no. And then in the latter part, I want to talk about what it feels like to be the one having to give the no. All right, so let's get into it. So the first thing I want to say is when you are on the receiving end of no, it quickly exposes your vulnerabilities and weaknesses because it's a rejection. Seriously, it just is. Think about what you're willing to do to avoid getting a no. I know for myself, when I was younger, I would go to the point of actually tr- Now, I would say I was unwitting in this, but I would actually try to manipulate people so that I could always get a yes, because I hated a no that much. It hurt. It scraped against the tender underside of my soul. And I wanted to do whatever I could to never have to meet or be in the company of no. And when I had to get down into it, and yeah, I'll be honest, doing some therapeutic work. I realized that it was a fear of and a despising of rejection that I didn't want to be rejected. You know, I've talked about my karmic issues, and um, you can check that out on many of the podcasts. But um, I was brought up in my educational journey that there are four karmic issues that uh, we face in this world, and they are they being. Uh, rejection to, uh, I mean, excuse me, resistance to life, meaning that you have a hard time committing to stuff and and uh, sticking and staying, and you're you're the complicated person, <laughs> and they call the divine homesickness where you're 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 not you could take um, this world or leave it. Uh, some people even go so far as to call it the death wish, and then its cousin is um, self. Um, not self, excuse me, you guys, unworthiness, uh, where it's called a divine exile, where you not second guess, you uh, try to be perfect so that you can uh, appeal to whomever it is uh, that you need to, that you're you're worthy, you belong, and that you should be accepted. And that's why I call it divine homesickness because you feel like, I must've done something wrong to be in this predicament. (laughs) But you have to be careful with it because it is the home of perfectionism, procrastination, hypercriticalness, and a a never-ending journey or quest to feel whole or completely accepted. And those first two, resistance to life and uh, unworthiness, those are the issues that I have to be aware of. And so with me, with a no, it, oh my gosh, it sparks those issues for me. Because as a resistance to life issue, I'm like, no, okay, fine, I'm gone. And I I just, I go, I go away. Um, but I had to learn that that's not what no necessarily means. <laughs> but then with the, um, the worthiness issues, no, okay, well, let me try harder. So how do you, you see how cuckoo that can be? I'm trying harder, but I'm going away. And so I'm over here trying harder and it makes no sense whatsoever. And so just even learning that about my journey helped me a lot. And I know that might sound like weird to you guys, but bear with me. It'll make sense in a minute. The other two karmic uh, questions and uh, things that we deal with, and some people will even call these karmic debt would be victimhood. This is, um, we used to have a fancy word for it called codependency, where people um, have these weird relationships with each other, where there's a sense of entitlement, whether it's to people or society or whatever. And so the victimhood people feel like no one else has it as hard as they do. And thus, they feel entitled to what's theirs, what's yours, or they, they feel entitled to a lot of second, 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 second chances because for them, the world is adversarial. Instead of them having a relationship with the world, they feel like the world is a, a villain to them and that it's picking on them. And then the other one is uh, self-identity. Tell me who I am. And this is the person who kind of like the worthiness person who is always trying to fill this void. This person is always trying to find their identity, but they try to find it externally because they don't feel like they have uh, the ability to tell themselves who they are. So they are known for giving their power away. Some people have derogatory terms for people who have this issue. They call them sheep followers, um, sycophantic fans, uh, the mindless, the drones, uh, NPCs. You know, if you're a gamer, the non 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 player characters, and a host of other things. They get a bad rap. Um, But these are the four karmic issues that when you're dealing with the powerful energy behind a no will will tend to flare up. I, I tell you these four so that maybe when this happens to you unexpected, unawares, and you get a no, you can run through these and, and figure out which one is this flaring for me. And now that you know better, do better. So now that we got that set out the way, let's get back to this uh, rejection and how to handle it. And so say for instance, You get a no and you did everything you could to make sure it was a yes. Instead of feeling it as a complete rejection, take a look on the other side, especially if it is person to person. Folks don't realize that it takes an effort in the other person to tell you no. Um, People don't realize that sometimes just by asking someone, you put them in a bad position. I have had an experience where I had to tell someone, why would you put me in this position to have to tell you no? But I'm going to have to tell you no. And I mourned I it because I knew that that person energetically was not ready to receive a no from me in that regard. But yet still I had to be true. Now, this is, of course, after I had grown and learned At the seat and the feet of my mother and my grandmother, by the way, who were very good. And they had PhDs. And no, oh, yes, they did. But just even getting to that point where I was able to say it, I still didn't feel good about it. And the person never even realized that I wasn't some automaton just saying no. And that that gets me back to flipping back on the other side of when you receive it. Realize that if it's a person or even an organization, a lot of times it has people behind it and they go through an emotional toll of having to tell you no as well. They feel it, but yet and still, it is something that has to happen. And in my immature state of trying to always avoid no, trying to manipulate the situation, people, and stack the deck in my favor because I was so afraid of the boogeyman of no. I left out that part, and thus I became a little manipulative, immature little witch. you know it was not a good thing, and you guys that's that's one of the things about when we have our talks. I don't want to paint this like I'm trying to teach you anything no i'm sh- I'm hopefully sharing with you the real real of. This ain't easy and this is real and this is every day and life is messy, but we can have those sparks of divine intervention of wisdom. And when I say divine, I'm not talking in a religious sense. I am talking about in a epiphany of a, a new awareness to be able to use it for our betterment, new tools, new weapons, however you want to phrase it. Okay. So anyway, getting back onto what I'm saying. Being that manipulative, immature girl, I didn't realize sometimes I was putting people in a bad situation to have to tell me no, to know that I was not mature enough to handle it and to possibly even know that if they told me no I was going to go and do my abandonment kind of thing and run away because of my resistance to life issues before I knew what I was what was happening you know and so there was manipulation to try to avoid no at all costs because I wasn't strong enough to take the medicine and the lesson to learn how to deal with rejection and if that's you Please don't be that person. If you are aware of it now, please stop. Just deal with it. It's going to hurt. I wish I could tell you it wasn't. It's going to make you see yourself in a different filter, a different light, a different circumstance. And it's not necessarily going to be pretty, but do it. Get it over with so that you can grow and you can know that whatever, and I mean this, whatever you do, you're okay. So, Moving on with that, the next thing I want to say about this handling of rejection is: what if you did everything and you weren't trying to manipulate anyone? You know, you're not like me. <laughs> God bless your little perfect soul. And I, I yeah, let me not jest, but you did everything right. You you jumped through the hoops. You obeyed the rules. You did what you needed to, and still you were rejected with a no. Maybe you applied for a job, went through the entire process, had been strung along, jumped through the hoops, made concessions, and they still told you no. Or maybe you were trying to go out for a grant and you were one of the finalists and you came up short because they told you no or whatever it might be, getting into a school uh, or this one. Having a budding romantic relationship, thinking that everything is going well, that you're doing the best you can at being the best you, only to be told no. When you work up the nerve to express your feelings and, you know, say, can we take this to another level? Only to be told no. Oh, yeah. That no, oh my freaking gosh. That is the no that makes people cringe from zero to 120 years of age. People hate that, no, and for good reason, because that goes down to our primal. And our primal is what happens when people react in a negative way to who we truly are at that point in time. It's an indictment and a persecution that feels like nothing else. That rejection, that's the one that is the true boogeyman in the back of the closet underneath the bed waiting for the lights to go off and the stillness of the night to take over so that it can gut punch you and mess you up. And yet and still, we still have to be aware of dealing with the rejection and not trying to manipulate people so that we can get the yes we want, okay? Okay. And because of that, I want to give you this wisdom smack. And that is, when you get a no, face it head on, understand that the person, the group, or the issue, or I mean, the issuer of the no, that it took something in them. Even though if they say it's not personal, trust and believe that if they didn't choose you for the job and they showed immense interest in you, true interest in you, I'm not talking about if you got a form letter saying, unfortunately, uh, you didn't get picked for this position. No, I'm talking about you went on the interviews, you did all this stuff and you were still rejected, right? Understand that there are people behind those nose and that there was some skin in the game, unless they are completely, um, a high-functioning sociopath or a uh, high-level psychopath or narcissist, okay? But for the most part, people do have an impact because the energy of no is very powerful and potent. A little goes a long way, yes, and that's why we have to become cognizant and put in a real effort to learn how to dance with no. Okay, so this is another thing I want to say about this before we move on to the other side of it. And that is qualify a no. When you start dealing with the fact that this is not all about me, that this is not a one sided rejection, that somebody else on the other side has some skin in the game, but they were strong enough to go on and tell me a no. First and foremost, be thankful. I've gotten to this relationship part of no, where when I get a no, I thank it. Thank you. And the reason why I thank a no is because a no gives me way more wisdom, insight, understanding, and tools, skills, and power than a yes will. Let me prove it. So when somebody tells you a no, I've had to learn, because no has taught me this, that no has many different complexions and fractals to it. And it wants me to seek out what type of no is this? I used to think that every no was a solid end of the line, you shall not go any further, stop here kind of situation. When it is not, most of the time it is not. You can have no's that mean no, not now. Or no for this particular instance. Like, have you ever had it where you were told no and it was just happening to be the wrong day, wrong person? (laughs) Or this is one of my favorite ones, and I embraced this a long time ago, and it's one of my mantras. That is, no, next. Oh, I love that. And I want everybody to experience that type of no. Because when you get a no means next, that, that brings so much clarity to you. When I'm working with clients and we're trying to settle on what they want, uh, whether it be what they want in a existential manner of life or what they want in their business, in their in their uh, publishing, in their writing of fiction, um, in their uh, therapeutic models, the first thing we do is. Instead of writing down what we want, we discuss what we don't want, because that energy is so powerful in ways of helping us get clarity that you can pop those off. And because you're able to start knowing and whittling down what you don't want, guess what starts to happen? What you really do want starts to emerge from whittling away what you don't. In my my view, I call it the Michelangelo David situation, where the stone that everybody rejected—well, it wasn't a stone. Well, it was granite, a big piece of beautiful granite, but it—it it wasn't useful for the average person. And David took that big piece of beautiful uh, rock stone, whatever you want to call it, and he allowed the rock to tell him millions of no's. every time he chipped away at something. That was a no, because the noes. We're covering up or pointing the way. I don't want, I don't want to say covering up. The nose were pointing the way and releasing the rock to turn into the famous statue of David. And that's what happens when you start to understand the power of receiving a no can be one of the greatest gifts. And then this no, I I really love. And it is the no of protection. You guys, if you don't remember anything else, remember the no of next meaning clarity and the no of protection. There have been many times I wanted something. I went after it with all I had only to be turned down and it made no sense. And then in hindsight, it protected me. Yes, there have been a few no's that protected me from death. Yes. So be careful of how you treat a no because a no could very well save your mortal life or your cosmic life, however you want to look at it. Sometimes getting a no from a person in a place in a time is the best thing that can happen for you because maybe you aren't the person that you need to be to be in a relationship with that person. Maybe you're sophomoric and surface in how you evaluate relationships. And you and that person would do mutual harm to each other if you were to move forward in a relationship. So qualify those no's. Once you get through with the sting of rejection and no, it's not all about me. They have some skin in the game and it probably, you know, caused them pause as well start qualifying, what kind of no this is. You see, this is how you start getting an education in no and then a PhD in it. And so what I want to do next is I want to talk about the flip side of when you have to say a no. And what I want to do is on that flip side, because now that we've talked about what it means and what it can do, I'm hoping that you can see the power of of how you need to embrace being able to tell someone else no for the betterment of both of you. But I want to spend some time uh, before we get out of here to talk about the power of being able to tell yourself no and enforce that. Yeah, you might not have seen this one coming, but this one needs time for it to marinate, percolate, and um, get real good and seasoned and deep down. Telling and enforcing no on yourself takes a lot of character. It takes a definition of boundaries and it enhances the creativity that you need to find uh, um, that you need to use to find work workarounds and substitutions. So say for instance, let's take something like no, I will not have sugar or no, I will have only this amount of sugar and it can only come from these sources. Now this is me talking to myself but I'm just being real with you guys. Being able to tell myself no and then enforce it is something. When I started actually paying attention to the relationship I had with no of telling myself no, I started to get even more nuances about the application and the use of no. Yeah, it's levels to this thing. And first and foremost, I learned that there is an intentional self and an actual self. You meet both of them at various times of the day, depending on your circadian rhythms. My intentional self likes to blossom uh, about three or four hours before I go to bed. Oh, yes, that's where I want to uh, get prepared for my next day. When I'm in my shower, I'm thinking of all the wonderful things I'm going to do that I haven't managed to be able to do yet. But still, I trick myself by saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to just do it. And my intentional self has all this stuff packed into a day because my, inten- un- my intentional self is um, overly optimistic. Yes. And my intentional self is like, we're going to rule the world. Yes, indeed. In the morning, we're going to rule the world. And sometimes my intentional self manages to wake up with me. Not most of the time, but sometimes. Oh, yes. And you know how I know it? Because my intentional self will get me up. I'll be doing stuff and I'll whatever. And then my actual self wakes up and says, wait, wait a minute now. I don't know who you think you are, but let me tell you what you're not finna do you're not finna come in here and disrupt what we've got going on. And I am powerful so much so that your actual self has got the power of biology on its side where homostasis kicks in and you get back into your regular habits. And before you know it, you are back to doing or not doing mm -hmm, the stuff that you know you need to do. And that was something that I... I had to start tricking myself by, and I mean, it's semantics, but hey, it works for me. So things that I have to do, I change the word to, I get to do them. And things that I know must be done, instead of saying, I need to do this, I say, I am doing this or I've done this. I, I, I have to use those little NLP tricks on myself to be able to obey my nose. Isn't it funny when you think about it, when you stop and ponder that if you tell yourself, yes, oh my gosh, there's really no resistance. Yes, I want that cake. Yes. I want to sleep in another hour. Yes. I don't want to uh, go and and do this thing that I said I would do. Yes. You can have uh, another day to lounge. Yes. You can put it off to tomorrow. You see how there's just so much. It's like, it's all set up for you to get through your yeses. But yeses are addictive like sugar. It's those no's that Come in and help you to know when you need to instill a boundary, when you need to build up or repair your character. Because one of the most pitiful things in the world is to develop a habit of lying to yourself. Self delusion is insidious, it's sneaky, covert, it is the bane of our existence because a lot of times we don't realize how much of a stronghold it has gotten in. And if you ever want to start rooting out self-delusion, start telling yourself no and enforcing it on things. Like, no, I will not forget to take my uh, trash out at night so that when I hear the trash can truck coming, I'm um, sometimes running down the street to get them to stop with my can and my hand. Yes, that has happened. You guys don't judge me. But anyway, getting back to this, being able to enforce the no's that you tell on yourself are going to have great rewar- rewards. Rewards that like being able to handle a no of rejection, you don't. you don't get to the point where you get into self-delusion. Delusion. You don't manipulate yourself. Yes, yes, that can happen, people. You don't get to where you do everything you can to avoid it. You don't get into slothful behavior because that no has a, a firmness to it. Uh, you know, there there's there's this 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 ancient text that talks about let your no be your no and your yes be your yes, no wavering. And it is, I believe it is because each one of these have energy behind them and we have an opportunity to strengthen and, and purify that energy or we have an opportunity to dilute and muddle that energy so that either everything within us obeys the yeses and the noes, or they start your body and your mind, your soul and your spirit treat your yeses and your noes like just loose or weak suggestions. And so these are some of the things that when you really start getting into the power of no, a discipline of no. And um, I am not talking about telling people no just because you can, no. (laughs) I am talking about using no, like my mother. I thought when I was a kid that she was just a no machine and that's the only thing she could say. Little did I know that she was using no in a way uh, uh, a way of uh, power, understanding, and um, deep truth. Because what she understood was that she was responsible for shaping our minds and shaping who we were to be as adults. There are things that my mother told me no to when I was six, seven, eight, nine that I still remember and thank her for to this day. Because in hindsight, knowing how much my mother loved us, I knew that it possibly, yeah, I'm just going to say it. It hurt her to tell us no, but she was strong enough to do that. And my mother used to say things like, and she was always telling, you know, she she would say things like, I love you, but let me help you with something. And this is my mother. She was like, I'm your mother, not your friend. I don't, I don't, uh, And what she would say is, is I don't ever want to confuse that with you or with me. I would rather you hate me and I keep you alive, healthy, and sane than you love me and I let you just go to the wolves. And I remember my mother saying that. And the reason why I remember it is because there are certain things that even now, as I said before, I can go back and I can pull things from my mother and her mother, my grandmother, of how strong they were in understanding the need for a high level understanding and awareness of the power of no, and how never to shriek away from it. It is one of the most powerful things you can do to embrace the ministry, if I can say that word, of no. Whether you're receiving it, Telling it to others or God knows, is powerful. If you can enforce it, tell it to yourself and enforce it to shape yourself into the person. No is one of the fastest pathways to internal awareness, to being able to focus. People ask me, how do I concentrate? How do I do this stuff? I tell myself no a lot and I love it because I understand which no I'm saying. So there are times when I tell myself, no, and it's a no, not yet. Or I tell myself, no, it's a no next, wait on the next one or go after the next one. And then, of course, it might be a no of protection. And I'm very grateful for those. And so as I am, yes, looking at my time just dwindling, I challenge you. And I challenge you to start working on an education in no. And if you can, get it up to a PhD level where you give a pro- professor a run for their money in how well you operate in no and how well you understand no and how well hopefully you're able to help other people with their knows. So guess what? Yeah. My time is up. I sure do thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spival with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. I am your Practical Priestess of Wisdom. And guess what? I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye.